Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Pixie Dust Podcast. Annie Fry here as your host. Very grateful that you are here. Thank you for listening to us. And make sure that you subscribe to the Pixie Dust Podcast, now available anywhere you get your podcast from. Just type in Pixie Dust Podcast and you'll find us. You can Google the Pixie Dust Podcast. It'll show up uh, radio.com, a great way to listen to it as well. And my co-host for this series is Erica Murphy. She is a travel agent with Magic Expeditions, and she's got all the goods, all the knowledge. And I just have all the passion. Well, she's got passion, too. I was going to say, I think we both got the passion. Yeah. (laughs) You just know things. I just feel things. (laughs) I'm here to have feeling and sentiment, and you're here to make sense of it. Uh, This episode is, I'm, I'm very interested in this one specifically because now that in my personal life, people have started to find out more my my very newfound affinity for all things Disney World, my happy place. It's so interesting to hear people talk about what they what Disney World is they they talk about how Disney World was when they were kids mm-hmm. and i guess what they anticipate that it would be now and i have to say like not only has have things changed a lot in, in the last decades like things have changed in the last week yeah <laughs> so yeah. so it's it's kind of this is going to be an episode that's basically like a update <laughs> On Disney World for people who maybe went when their kids were young or mm-hmm. when you were young, like myself, I went, I think it was 1991 is when I've narrowed it down to. Uh, I was, it's a, it was a very different place. And growing up in the late 80s and the 90s, most of my memories from my trip to Disney World are basically what we took photos of mm-hmm. at the time. So what you got to go back and look at and remember through those photographs kind of makes those memories last. When did you go to Disney for the first time? I was young. Um, it may have been around that time, mm-hmm. 91, 92, something. Because my brother and sister were born, so I'm early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though things have changed, there's still a lot that's the same. And that's one of the things that I love about Disney is going and seeing those memories. And re- like as soon as you're there and you smell that Main Street, it immediately takes you back to being 10 years old, seeing it for the first mm-hmm. time or... You know, seeing a a place where, you know, I my grandmother met Chip and Dale and I remember seeing, <laughs> you know, like her in her wheelchair. And like I, I immediately as soon as I go to that spot by the bathroom in the American Pavilion, like it, I'm immediately transported back to that that moment. And mm-hmm. um, that's why I'm so passionate about it, because those memories are they're there. So uh, I, I have taken 
a trip last last summer with my in-laws. So mm-hmm. Grandma and Grandpa Fry came last summer, and they too went when they were, I think they camped when yeah. they went the first time. So things have certainly changed since then. You mm-hmm. can still camp, uh, which is something, as again, like you said, that is still there, that, yeah. that has been there for a long time. Or my parents are going with us this summer. And there are some things that people need to know about what Disney World is today. Yeah. Stuff, maybe stuff that has changed. Like if, if you the biggest change to me is technology and how oh technology, mm-hmm. not just the technology of the rides, mm-hmm. which could be its own whole own conversation, but how technology lends itself to planning your trip, enjoying mm-hmm. your trip, maximizing your trip. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And I think it's something they have a whole team of Imagineers that that's just what they do is they just stay up on that. So as we're sitting here doing this right now, they're thinking of the next biggest, greatest thing. I remember going in the early 90s and uh, Epcot had the future world and it had like a a house of tomorrow. And in the early 90s, they had a a robot vacuum cleaner. And I remember seeing that as a kid and it standing out and being like, oh, my gosh, can you imagine a house that you're not going to have to vacuum? Can you imagine a a Roomba? (laughs) Yeah. And now it's like. Almost every house has one and they're like on Black Friday for 50 bucks. So, you know, it's the things that they think about are so futuristic and it's so cool that they're this team of brilliant Imagineers. Mm -hmm. This is what they do. I the Roombas that I've seen are expensive, (laughs) but you can get them. And it is one of those things that to me, it's like. Everybody would love to have that, and it always comes up at Christmas time. Yeah, like you, you totally reconsider your need for a, a need humanless yeah. vacuum cleaner. Come Black Friday yeah. and Christmas shopping. I tell you what, I really want, and this is going a little off topic, but those cameras that you could like give your pet a treat while you're at work, and it's like. <laughs> You can be like, "Hey Bailey," and like press a button, and it just like spits out a treat, and you can yeah. like, communicate with your dog while yeah. while you're <laughs> probably not high on my list for House my dog. of Tomorrow. Yeah, oh. yes, exactly. House of Tomorrow. No, I'm I'm building my dog's character. Rosie is very loved, Poor Rosie, and very sweet. Um, you know, I I think about Tomorrowland mm-hmm. in Magic Kingdom, yeah. and and I kind of. I've, I don't know. I don't know if Tomorrowland, ha- if there's anything planned in the near future. Tomorrowland looks like the tomorrow of, of 1991 to me. Yeah. And, and and I feel like... Well, it was imagined in 1971. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. So we've passed tomorrow. We're past it. But it'll be interesting to see if Disney decides to make that a priority to change it. Like, I kind of feel like Tomorrowland could look like Times Square. Like New York mm-hmm. City, like just big lights and screens and stuff, because that looks futuristic. And I say this having gone to New York City for the first time in 2019, when you're standing in Times Square and you're looking around, it's just like, wow, this mm-hmm. is a really big, yeah, this is a big deal. This is a big thing. Lots yeah. going on here. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if, if, but it feels nostalgic to yeah. be there. Well, to me, it's like, it reminds me of the Jetsons, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's that futuristic, like driving a spaceship kind yes, of it's old-fashioned you know, futuristic. Yeah. Whatever I'm like, that is. I want like the big, like, chrome puffy sleeves. Like, I want like a metal skirt. Yeah. <laughs> where we all move like robots, but we're not really actually robots. Right. Turn it into a dance thing of the future. So how do you, I mean, when, when you're talking to people who are like, well, I went to Disney in the, in the 90s, so mm-hmm. I've been there. And it's like if you've been there in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, if people are like, oh, I've I've gone, I I know what it's about. In 2020, specifically with the technology, what as a travel agent do you let them in on? 
Well, and I was very lucky that I've gotten to go over the years, so I kind of saw this in progression. So little by little as it changed, if you went in the early 90s or went even in the 70s, it's a totally different park. Like a lot like the castle is still there. The monuments are still there. A lot of the same attractions are there. But I mean, you have to think we're coming up on the 50th anniversary and imagine how we have changed in 50 years that that massive park, it's it's not it's not the same at all as far as technology, the way that things are booked, the way that things are planned. I remember going as a kid and just walking up on rides and not waiting. Like we could just do whatever we want whenever we want. And now um, I actually have a client that's on property right now. And she sent me a picture and said, you know, if this is off season, I don't want to see what busy season is because there's a sea of people even in the off season. And that's what, you know, I, I reiterate to people that, Even though you've gone, and I mean, I haven't gone in the past year because, you know, my son and and I took that. And even in that past year, how much has changed from last year till now with Mm -hmm. Galaxy's Edge and all the new attractions. The park is constantly evolving. Yeah. And they do that for a reason. They want to stay fresh. They want people to keep coming back. They want you to have that nostalgia, but have something new to come every time. Yeah. You want to be able to experience uh, something new when you show up. I know for... We went, let's see, we went last summer and Galaxy's Edge, we went, I guess, the end of July, the beginning of August, Mm -hmm. and Galaxy's Edge opened at the end of August. So we were on Slinky Dog and we could see Galaxy's Edge, but we couldn't go into Galaxy's Edge quite yet on our vacation. And then my husband and I took a, a long weekend trip here in late January, early February, and just the two of us, and we got to go into Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. and we got to ride smugglers around, and we got to ride Rise of the Resistance. And, you know, going back to the difference between how technology works with how you plan, which mm-hmm. is very important, also the technology. The, I mean, if you if you remember It's a Small World, yeah. and you thought, wow, look at all these, these, these animatronics or whatever they're called, and, or if you saw... Pirates of the Caribbean and you saw the pirates in there and you thought, wow, that is just amazing. Lifelike. It's still there and it is still cool and it is still nostalgic. But when you go take in a Rise of the Resistance, it's like, yeah, what's happening? Blow my mind. Flight of Passage as well. Go Google Mickey from 1971. Even Hmm. the characters that were on Main Street. I mean, they've evolved. You know, it's no longer old characters. Kind of freaked me out. I'm not going to lie. They're a little creepy. And so, I mean, everything. So now, you know, their eyes blink and they're more friendly and approachable. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a scary Easter bunny that, you know, you see from your childhood. So they have evolved everything. You know, we joke on here about the different outfits and things that they wear. And that's, I mean, every little thing down to the characters that you interact with let alone the rides and the technology. Mm-hmm. So it's been, and, and it's every, you could go every single year and see something new. Yeah. So what what about when people are planning the technology that is involved in, or the process of planning that vacation out? There are a lot of things that are done digitally. Yeah. So in 1999, they, they developed the FastPass system and it was a ticket event. So if you went in the early 90s or the late 90s, early 2000s, they've, as the crowds were going up, they they developed a reservation system to try and get people to where you don't have to stand in line for three hours. It'll be a, a one-hour reservation to where you would come back. But you would have to physically go up to a kiosk, put your paper ticket in, and it would spit out a piece of paper with a time. So you didn't get to choose the time. They told you this what time. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. This is when you're going to be here. So you either had to wait around and see something there or you had to come back. 
Well, as that's evolved, now they have magic bands to where everything is on a basically little watch on your wrist. They have um, the My Disney Experience app where you get to pick your reservation time. You get to choose what is best for your family to where you may get with the fast pass of the paper, you know, they may have said the only thing available for Space Mountain is 7.20 p.m. And you're like, well, my kid goes to bed at 7, so I guess I'm just going to have to throw this away or give it to somebody else. Now you get to choose when you want to do it, how you want to do it. You could be in the park, and if something opens up, then you can rechange that reservation and, and really interact, make the vacation what you want it to be for your family. Yeah, and and it's one of those things, too, that the um, the benefit of using somebody who is a travel agent like Erica, it costs you nothing to use a travel agent like Erica, and you can reach out to her, Erica at MagicExpeditions.com, E-R-I-K-A. Or my Facebook page. Or your Facebook page, <laughs> which I'm so excited about. I tasked you with this. I actually invited Erica to like her own Facebook page. I liked it. She did. She accepted my invite. I was so happy for her. Uh, <laughs> Erica Murphy, Magic Expeditions. You can uh, search that on Facebook and like that as well, and she'll be sharing uh, exciting information, new developments, uh, and I'm going to ask you about one of those here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to planning all this out, if you did it in, in you know, before the internet even existed, yeah. chances are you're going to need a little bit of a crash course. You might, you're probably super savvy at this type of stuff. You just need to know, mm-hmm. show me where to go and tell me what to do, and then, and then you can handle it yourself. But having somebody who can keep you up to date and guide you through that is super helpful. And also having somebody who can help you save money in the process, because mm-hmm. like I said, it doesn't you're, the, the way Erica makes money is through Disney, not through you and your trip. She's there to help you and help you save as much money as possible. Um, news and information that comes out fast, which I don't know, like I don't know what Disney did in the 80s and the 90s for deals and enticing people to come stay. But it's it is a it is a constant math problem. Mm-hmm. For Disney to look at, let's look at what our available inventory is, specifically when would we like to encourage more people to take a trip, and then they might create a promo centered around maneuvering people throughout the year to come at different times uh, and stay at different places. Erica gets those updates as soon as they happen, Mm -hmm. and there is a pretty significant change just uh, this week, today. I don't know when you're hearing this, but at the end of February regarding the dining plans that, Mm -hmm. depending on how you book your vacation might be a pretty significant opportunity to save. Yeah. So previously there were three dining plans. So there was the quick service dining plan, the standard Disney dining plan, and the deluxe dining plan. So all involved a level of uh, you all get a refillable mug, you get uh, two snack credits to use with it. The quick service was two quick service meals, meaning the fast casual. Disney Dining Plan gave you a little bit of both, where you got one table service, one quick service per person per day, per night of your stay. And the deluxe plan gave you three dining credits to use, whichever combination you want. So I'm really excited because we always do the standard dining plan. The deluxe dining plan was a little bit too much just for our family as far as too much food, and mm-hmm. we didn't really need all that. So It's now, a lot of food. It's a lot of food. But we're also foodies, so I like to do a lot of the signature dining. So sometimes I like to use two credits for, you know, like uh, Le Cellier or California Grill. But 
so there was always like this mix, like we always got the Disney dining plan, but we ended up paying for a meal or two out of pocket because we ran out of credits. Mm-hmm. Now they have the Disney Plus dining, which I'm crazy excited about because yep. it gives you two credits to use however you want, whether it's a table service or a quick service in any combination. And the, the reason why I am the most excited about this, uh, first of all, Table service restaurants I really like with small kids because you get the opportunity to sit down and take mm-hmm. a break for a little bit, a little bit more than probably in the air conditioning, a little bit mm-hmm. more than you would at a quick service. But most of the character experiences that are yeah. included with dining are table service opportunities. Mm-hmm. And we work those into our trip to really plus up the the experience of our, of our total vacation. Mm-hmm. We don't, it, you know, eating the food is amazing, but oftentimes you can incorporate other experiences that you wouldn't have to go stand in a line to meet mm-hmm. uh, the Winnie the Pooh characters or the the princesses. Mm-hmm. You can save some time in the park doing that by combining meeting characters and having an experience with them that's a little bit longer than a five minute meet and greet yeah. um, and eating really good food. But you got to have table service credits to do that. Yeah. And so when you only have one per day per person, it really limits like you mm-hmm. have to really really choose and usually leave some some out that you would like to go. So if you have those two table service credits now, yeah. you you have really really maximized your ability to do it without having the ton of food that comes with the deluxe dining plan. Yeah, and I I'll agree. say too that we I, for my trip this summer with my parents coming along, we will still do the deluxe dining plan, mm-hmm. but we'll share credits with them. Yep. They're not staying with us the whole time. I don't know that we would be able to do that. I, we could make it work if we really wanted to. Um, the deluxe dining plan, if you have big eaters, I mean, I have, I have a 10 year old who's starting to become a big eater, but mm-hmm. then I have two girls that are younger than him. Like they don't need an appetizer, an entree and a dessert and a drink with every meal. That's, right. that's pretty, uh, excessive for them. But if you, if you were going with just adults and you wanted to have a lot of the two credit mm-hmm. signature dining experiences, maybe it makes a difference. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is with the Disney standard and the Disney plus that you get an entree and a dessert with every meal and the dessert you can typically use as like a salad or something. You don't have to eat a dessert with every meal. They'll, they'll switch it out for like apple slices or something. Mm -hmm. But with that deluxe credit on top of all the food that you get, then you have those three credits. And, you know, I've had clients that have come back and been like, yeah, somebody at the table next to us offered to buy our meal because <laughs> they had extra credits at the end of the week. Oh, so that's nice. It was very nice of them, but I'd also hate for people to buy these credits. So you know what's best mm-hmm. for your family. You know if you're going to do these signature dinings, if you're going to do you know what's best for you, which is why I am so excited. I think the Disney Plus is what they needed. This is going to be a nice a nice gap in between the two. Yeah. So these are just some of the ways, like dining reservations, that. Uh, it was very different than it was before. Yeah. What does it take? If I mean, if you show up to Disney World and you haven't pre-planned some of this stuff, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the way it was in 1990. No, no, you're not going to just be able to walk in and get reservations. And again, it's Disney, so they do everything to try to accommodate. But I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people that go to these restaurants every single day. And if they did that for everybody, then nobody would end up getting so You know, yes, there are places on property that you can walk into and get a table, no problem, without a reservation, because there's hundreds of restaurants on property, but you're not going to be able to walk into La Cellier and get a table. You're not going to be able to walk into Cinderella's Royal Table and get a table. Like, there's different, the the big restaurants, you're not going to just be able, they're going to be booked up well in advance. Mm -hmm. 
And you mentioned something about uh, the character dining, which I think is, is an interesting change, too, that back in the early 90s, the characters used to just wander around the parks, and they don't do that anymore. You're not just going to see Donald Duck walking down Main Street unless he's getting from point A to point B to one of the character meets. But they typically don't stop for pictures. They don't stop to do autographs or things like that. You have to go to one of the predetermined locations to meet the characters. So if you don't want to waste a fast pass on character meeting or stand in line to meet them, character dining is a great, great opportunity. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some other ways that the let's see, parks, the experience has evolved over the course of maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, because I think of a lot of people, you know, if you're in if you're in my position now where you have you're in the you're the middle generation of people who could go and enjoy a great Disney World trip, maybe Mm -hmm. multi-generational or maybe, um, you know, a trip with just first time back and you got a a young young kid and you Mm want to take them and have the experience. What are some other things that people who haven't experienced Disney World in quite some time might be surprised? Well, I mean, there was a whole new park, Animal Kingdom, was around in 1998. So if you went before 1998, which wasn't that terribly long ago, there's a whole nother park that you haven't even seen yet. So That's true. There, it's the newest park to the fore. Um, it has live animals and conservation. We've talked about this in some of other episodes. But, you know, if you haven't been, just think of, of that scope. There's a whole new park that opened in 1998. That you may not have seen. And then in addition to the park, just, I mean, the amount of, of time that every park reinvents itself in a major yeah. way. Yeah. Or if you are really looking forward to going to the, what is it, the great movie ride? Ugh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I never, yeah. you know, I say I've never, I never went through it. I actually think maybe I did go through it. I Are there like... Are there first-person YouTube videos of it? I, I need to go see if I could see it and if it would trigger some memories of yeah. a six-year-old Annie. You'll, rem- you'll as soon as you see it, you'll be like, I know. And it, I, and it needed a makeover. Like I get it. I so my husband is uh, a new Disney person, and and I say he's married to a Disney person. He will never admittedly be a Disney person, even though he's bought a trip for me by himself and did all the fast passes. Aww. So I think that he is a Disney person in disguise. But he, uh, <laughs> I made him go on the great, and it's a longer ride. I mean, it was like a 30 minute ride, but it took you through the movies yeah. and it was like a, a tram, but it was one of the older rides. So it's the old animatronic. So once you see Disney, new Disney, not having any recollection to what it was previously. So he's seeing, you know, Space Mountain and he's seeing Frozen with these characters that interact and they're, you know, animatronics that look like characters. Mm-hmm. And then you go on this great movie, right? And you see like, you know, a old robot that's like Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is this? Like, he was not a fan, but it's my favorite because it's one of those nostalgic things. It needed a makeover. I get it. But it... um I'm really excited about Mickey Rail, mm-hmm. which is the new ride that's there. But I think of all the parks out of any of them, Hollywood Studios has seen it's it's not the same park at all that it was even 15 years ago. It was uh it started as MGM Studios, which is Yep, that's what, what it was when I was there. Yeah, it was MGM and it was built to be half attractions, half theme park. The other half was a working studio. The concept of the park in and of itself is entirely different today. Yes. It's like 
it's it's not the same park that it was, aside of just the name. I mean, it had the Newsies and Mickey Mouse Club were actually filmed there on property. Mulan and Lilo and Stitch were created there. They had a backlot tour that it took you through the working studios. I miss it. Hollywood Studios used to be my favorite. Um, MGM Studios used to be my favorite. And, and now it is just, it's still a great park, but it is not a working live studio Mm -hmm. that's not it's meant to make you feel like you're in hollywood without actually being the working i I think too to that vein even kind of interjecting into the middle of what the evolution of mgm and Mm -hmm. what hollywood studios is like today right now this very moment is i think in when it lost the mgm thing and it lost the working uh studio aspect i think it kind of lost just from what i've read from people and mm-hmm. glean from opinionators on the issue for quite some time. There's plenty it, of opinions out there. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> there are. Like, I feel like, am I supposed to be mad about this? <laughs> seems like people are mad about this. I'm not really that mad about it. Uh, but it, it seemed as though Hollywood Studios kind of lost its soul when it did that. And it was like, a, mm-hmm. it's a half day park now and, and so on and so forth. Not I'm telling more. you what, if you go in 2020, so mm-hmm. I have our summer plan uh, out we are doing Animal Kingdom. We are doing Epcot. We're doing most of what we do at Epcot is for food. Mm-hmm. And we have, I think, two days at Animal Kingdom, but they are half days. We're doing like a morning so we can get all the fast passes there. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to do an evening so we can see the evening show mm-hmm. and maybe try to snag an extra flight of passage evening fast pass mm-hmm. towards the beginning of our trip. But Hollywood Studios Every single day that we can get into Hollywood Studios to experience the different rides yeah. and attractions that they have there with my kids and be having a 10-year-old boy and a 7-year-old, almost 8-year-old girl when we go and a 4-year-old mm-hmm. girl when we go. There's so much to do there. Yeah. It is easily a full-day park. It's definitely an experience that I think you're going to want to, if you have multiple days worked mm-hmm. in, you're probably, Magic Kingdom is a two-day park. Uh, you can you can definitely spend two whole days at Magic Kingdom and not do everything. Yeah, Hollywood Studios. I'm saying at this point in time is the same. I completely agree. And they also Disney has always had a concept of an immersive experience. So even when Magic Kingdom opened, if you look at the difference between Adventureland and Tomorrowland, the sidewalks are different. The clothing that the cast members wear are different. It has always been an immersive company so when you go they they think of the smells and the sights and the touch and the everything that you can think of the new wave of disney as far as an immersive experience is unlike anything that you could even imagine in your best dream like the way that they have have done galaxy's edge and the way that they have done toy story land that literally makes you feel like you are shrunk down to a size of a toy in andy's backyard you know it's it's something immersive that it just it takes you to that other land and that's the part of it Which that's is, the whole that's, that, the whole point. that's the magic of the magic kingdom it exactly. transforms you it, it it immerses you and they have certainly done that as well what else do you have on your list so there's definitely more resorts so if you went yeah, in the sure. early 90s uh even in the 70s so disney started with uh two resorts it was the contemporary and polynesian and then fort wilderness opened later in november of that year so uh it started with three resorts now it has over 20 resorts with one the disney riviera that just opened up this past year 
each resort has different feels. They have more value resorts that are going to be more of a an outdoor motel feel like. Then there's going to be uh, immersive again. We've said, you know, Animal Kingdom Lodge has a savanna on property with balconies overlooking the savanna when you wake up. So, you know, the amount of properties that they have, uh, it's not your experience is not just limited to the parks. It is now taken back to your room, back to the resorts. You could spend an entire day just hopping from resort to resort mm-hmm. and seeing the different restaurants. Which and means things. you don't have to buy a park ticket that day, you which is not. a great way to spend time with spending less money. Exactly. And especially around the holidays is one of my favorite times to park hop because um, during Easter, each park will have its own Fabergé eggs. During Halloween, they'll have pumpkins to the where the cast members have different um contest to where they each decorate their pumpkin or they'll do like a wreath. And then for Christmas, they do these larger than life gingerbreads. They have these beautiful Christmas trees. So just spending a day going around looking at the holiday decorations, no matter when you go, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's one of my favorite days. I I completely agree. And the other thing, too, is that so you're hearing this right now and you're like, you know what? This kind of sounds not like what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'd like to go back. You can reach out to Erica on Facebook, Erica yeah. Murphy at Magic or Erica Murphy Magic Expeditions on Facebook. Just type that in there. Or you can email her, E R I K A, Erica at Magic Expeditions.com. Just ask questions. No, absolutely no commitment just to reach out to her and discuss this with her. And the reason why I say that is because if you are a, let's say, huge Star Wars fan, we were just speaking to somebody when we mm-hmm. came into the studio to record this podcast who said, you know what? She, he was he was talking about how sometimes thinking about going to Disney raises his blood pressure because his wife is a huge Disney fan and but but as soon as the Star Wars hotel gets built that he was all in for that they're huge Star Wars fans and they want they definitely want to be involved in that well uh, Disney is building we've talked about this in in some prior episodes but Disney is building a hotel that is an immersive experience and it is for Star Wars super fans Mm -hmm. of which I am not one (laughs) but I know people who are and I know people who hear this and this is like the the epicenter of an experience if you were somebody who is directly in this lane and when that hotel gets built and completed you can have Somebody like Erica, make sure that she secures your spot as soon as mm-hmm. it becomes open because it's going to be a pretty competitive environment. It 100% is. And and that's the thing, too, that I, I always say, even if you don't work with me, work with an agent that knows because you know, nobody knows your family like you do. Your family does differently than my family yeah. does, yet we have, you know, crazy passion about Disney. We have that in common, but our families do Disney totally different. If I were to accidentally book the new Star Wars hotel and get there not knowing what it was, I would be so disappointed because it <laughs> it's is not, not for you. It's not for me. Correct. But I have I have clients that have already like reached out to me and are like, put me on a list mm-hmm. the second that it opens. I don't care what the pricing is. Yep. I have to be there. Yeah. And and that's what it is. It's not gonna be it's an immersive experience to where you are in Star Wars. So it's not that you can come and go. You're not at Disney World. You're at Galaxy's Edge. So for me, I was just talking about this earlier, like being on somebody else's schedule is not my cup of tea. 
But if it's yours, I can help you or somebody else can help you with that. But if you don't know what you're going into, I would be very disappointed. Yeah. And Erica (laughs) has her ear to the ground. She gets tipped off on things. She Mm -hmm. hears rumors and then watches very closely for when Disney makes things official. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the benefit of having an agent on your side, first and foremost, is, again, it costs you literally nothing more to use her. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why anybody would plan a vacation without a Disney agent. It's like I check my I fly Southwest and mm-hmm. I'm constantly checking my Southwest fl- Southwest flights to see if yeah if it went down. So my husband and I have booked five flights for the summer. Three of them we booked with points. Two of them we booked with cash. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly looking to see because if they if they if the flights go down in points, you can rebook and get your points back. You mm-hmm. can rebook and get your cash back. So I'm constantly checking that. Well, that, nobody's like alerting me to, hey, this happened. I just have to be bored and on my phone and have checked all my social media and be like, oh, I guess I'll check Southwest now. But Erica is watching these things and promos come out and she's like, oh, this will work for the Fry family. This is going to save them money. She'll send you an email. Just saved you 200 bucks. Just saved you a thousand bucks. Dining is now free and you don't have to mm-hmm. pay for it. Stuff like that. Having somebody, an advocate on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to know that Disney is doing this, it's in construction. There are a lot of renderings that are out there as it gets closer to an open date when they start to to st- take reservations. You connect with somebody like Erica or specifically Erica and you you kind of have the leg up yeah. on on the rest of the people who uh, you know I'm talking about it. you know if I want to go I'll 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 just book a vacation when the, when the time is right. Chances are you're going to want to go and you're not going to be able to get in yeah. because you weren't uh on the ball enough. Yeah. So what else? Do you have anything else? Yeah. Uh, the one thing I thought was really interesting is, well, prices. Because in 1971, <laughs> how much do you think a price to Disney World cost in 1971? Was it like a ticket? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like $6 or something? $3.50. $3. I've seen pictures of the original. Insane. Now, and it's you close did, to that now. It is It is close to that. I mean, you do have to pay $3. <laughs> I think so you did they had times. it to where it was like a state fair too to where you had to pay to get on each attraction. Oh, so I didn't know that. if you didn't want to ride Space Mountain, you didn't have to ride Space Mountain. You just didn't pay for it. And it mm-hmm. was like ten cents to ride a ride. If you wanted to ride Small World ten times, you can info. pay fifty cents. So yeah, so so that has changed. It is not three dollars and fifty cents. But they do have uh you can't to get where you can three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> I was gonna say I have I got a T and I think it was barely three dollars. I think a Mickey I think a Mickey bar is like three seventy five now, maybe. Yeah. A snack credit. Yeah. A snack credit. And that's free. Yeah. It's not even real It is money. included. It's credit, yes. Yes. <laughs> I learned that from you. The, the, yes, that is a very important thing to understand. Nothing is free, but many things will be included. There's a significant difference in those two numbers, yeah. or two words. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, too, as far as pricing changes, as, as the park evolves and, and becomes into the new, the new world, um, even back, I don't know, five, ten years ago, you could not find alcohol in the Magic Kingdom, that it was, you know, a kid's place that, you don't you know, you could always find alcohol at Epcot. But now they have they have understood to where adults can be responsible, responsible and drink. Yeah, absolutely. And drink. So now. And it's the least you can do while we're carting our kids all over the park. I mean, just let me have <laughs> just let me have a margarita. I love <laughs> Disney World sangria. Yeah. A lot of places. I don't drink beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not opposed to people drinking beer. I just don't prefer it myself. And wine gives me headaches. I get migraines like in life, and I'm mm-hmm. always afraid that wine's going to trigger that. And who yeah. wants a migraine at Disney? No. But their sangria makes me so happy. Yeah. 
They have the Dole Whips are my favorite. So mm. the spiked rum Dole Whips that have uh, pineapple, like sorbet. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I dreams about this. Uh, so it's it also kind of goes along with that. You know, people have a misconception that, oh, I went as a kid. It's a kid's park. Maybe I'll take my kids someday. Um, you know, it, it has definitely evolved to where you can enjoy with kids or you can enjoy without kids. And I mm-hmm. think that that's something that's that's really important. Um, with that evolution, too, uh, I think Disney Springs has had a giant reimagination similar to, to MGM Studios. So it used to be called Downtown Disney. So if you went back, you know, in the early 90s, uh, it had more of a nightclub feel. There was... Um, a country honky tonk bar, and there was um, nothing like wrong a, with those. Nothing. Sign wrong. me up, folks. <laughs> they had uh, a nightclub where it was New Year's Eve every single night, and they'd have a countdown every night, and so it, it was definitely more a countdown every night. Every night, every night was New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm game for that. I know people who are like most people that. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. And it there's still to this day there's no ticket involved to go to Disney Springs. Yeah. So a lot of the locals could go and it was very much a nightclub feel. Uh now it is not that at all. It is more of a dining restaurant experience. They have the boardwalk there where they'll have jugglers and different musicians and it's it's a lot more family friendly shopping. Not so much a delicious um, food. Yeah, a lot of delicious foods. One of my favorite, favorite restaurants on property is uh, at Disney Springs. What is um, it? Homecoming. Gosh, I think it's on my list. Yeah. I think we're going to go. We got to go. Did you not go? Art Smith is mm, fried yeah. chicken. Mm-mm. So good. Um, but that is also constantly evolving. During the holidays, they have the row of, of uh, Christmas trees down there. So it's, it's definitely changed to where uh, if you are able to spend five days on property if you don't want to buy an extra park ticket, if you, you know, get an early flight and and want to go hang out someplace. I highly recommend going to Disney Springs because it is no longer downtown Disney. It's not that nightclub feel anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, some of the other things, just as far as transportations go, I remember uh, being a kid and, and being able to ride in the front of the monorail. Can't do that anymore. Can't ride in front of the front of the monorail can't anymore. Ride in the front of the monorail. Man, anymore. I don't even know if it, people should go to Disney World anymore. I mean, it's tough. You can buy the monorail. They have all the different transportation kinds of toys that you can get in the gift shops. I always think that's interesting, but I bet people dig that, like to be able to buy a toy monorail. She's <laughs> like, I'm going home to play with mine right now. I have my own, like. Magic Kingdom and my do no, you no yeah I I you I, you say that and I'm like oh yeah it doesn't surprise oh no never mind I, that'd be ridiculous what are you talking about <laughs> I totally would if we had more room little Maybe Skyliner once. gondolas you can mm-hmm. buy those you can also buy ones that are coffee cups that you can drink out of that's cool I'm really excited about that that is the other thing so back in the 70s there was a gondola system mm. that was a transportation system how long did how long was that around not very long um I mean I don't know I it was know, around I, th- I think I feel like it was because it was called the Skyway. Yeah, I think because I had this. I feel like I remember it. Yeah, you probably do. It was. Uh, I mean, it shut down. I'm gonna. I'm googling. Okay, it. yeah, you Google. Um, 1994. Yeah, I do remember it. I don't think we wrote it. Didn't somebody fall out of it? Yeah, it was not good. Like somebody got really hurt, but made it. I don't. I don't know. Oh well. Enough to where it shut down and got yeah. rid of it. Um, but 
with the way that technology has moved and the way that, you know, the advances in security and the advances in double checks and triple checks, they have now created the a new gondola system that is called the Skyliner that just opened up this year, which is just an added level of transportation when getting from the resorts to the property. And again, speaking with how amazing that the resorts are, you know, the boardwalk, if you do want to go to the nightclub, the boardwalk has an amazing place called Jelly Rolls. I don't yes. know if you've ever been there. I haven't, but I it sounds a lot of fun. It's dueling pianos. Dueling pianos. It's I've been so to dueling piano bars and those are totally fun. And there's the big ESPN sports bar that's there and there's, you know, different different things. So the gondola could take you from you know, if you were at Epcot and you want to just ride the gondola over to the boardwalk, you can certainly do that. Or walk over to the boardwalk, you can certainly do that. If you're staying at Pop Century, you can ride the gondola over to Epcot and walk over to the boardwalk. So, you know, it's just another added level of transportation uh, that I think that they, they really keep in mind, uh, along with the minivans. The minivans are new. It's a new, just another way to enhance the guest experience. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, the last thing I have is just... Talking about how they're they're really reimagining the parks. Fantasyland is the newest land to the Magic Kingdom. It now yeah, has see that's weird castles. to me because I've that doesn't. I don't I don't know that that's new. Yeah, because it's all new to me. Because I I went so far long ago in in the very beginning of the nineties, but if people went in. The 2000s, when, I mean, when they build these things and then they expand them after they build them. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how they're constantly evolving. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I say new. It's So it opened in 2012. So yeah. eight years ago, um, it brought a new parade. It brought new attractions. Seven Dwarf Mine Train was new. Super fun. So much fun. Um, so they're constantly, constantly reimagining these parks and, and, and opening new New thing. So I, I am a huge advocate for obviously going frequently. The fact that I haven't been in a year, I feel like it's mm-hmm. I'm going to go and it's going to be a whole new experience even for me. Um, I think a, a big misconception is people are like, yeah, I've been once. I've I've seen everything. I did that thing. Yeah, I've done it. Or it's, I did. I did it. You know, we did it when the kids were little, and uh, it was all right. It was fun. We had a good time. It's 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 very. It's just an evolution yeah. constantly. It's like almost a living, breathing thing. It absolutely that, is. That changes over the course of time and improves and gets edited, much to some people's chagrin and other people championing it. You know, I've heard lots of people say about the movie ride, just basically what you were saying is it was so past time. It yeah. definitely needed to happen. They're just not as warm and fuzzy nostalgic about it as you are. Yeah. So people, but people, people I love have, the movies though. I yeah. think that's what people, people have their own opinions and chances yeah. are when you see Mickey's runaway railway, you'll be it's like, this is a, a, adorable and cute. And I'm so yeah. glad I got to experience this. And it's part of the growing process yeah. as is anything. Yeah. All right. Well, there are a few things that uh, if you went to Disney World a long time ago, a long, long time ago Mm -hmm. in a land far, far away, it's changed quite a bit and it will continue to change. There are new resorts opening and there are new uh, parts of the parks that are being reimagined and developed all the time. New restaurants being put in. 
and the the experience is an amazing one. Can't recommend it more myself, but I do recommend that you reach out to Erica and consider asking her some questions. You can just reach out to her, establish a line of communication so that if you have questions about this and you think, you know, maybe it's in your future in the next five years or maybe it's in the future in your next five months. Erica can help set you up. Erica Murphy Magic Expeditions on Facebook. Search and uh, like the page there. And uh, also you can email her directly. Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at magicexpeditions.com. All right. We'll be back with another episode of the Pixie Dust podcast with Tony Colombo. Our new series that we have going there is Main Street Cred, where he talks to you about some of the ins and outs of the details that exist in the Disney World area, the whole park, the whole the whole thing that you may not have known quite yet. And I will update you with the latest news coming out of Walt Disney World as well in that edition. And uh, we appreciate you subscribing anywhere you get subs- uh, your iTunes subscriptions. Your radio.com podcast subscriptions, uh, Stitcher, we are there, and we are very grateful for your for your uh, ears listening to, to, to this podcast. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.